Hello and welcome to Missing Mystic Falls, where we cast a critical eye over every single episode of the hit CW show, The Vampire Diaries. Today I am joined with my co-host, Alice. Hello. And we're not joined by Ellie because she's upset at one of us and they know what they did and she's no longer speaking to us. (laughs) It was good while it lasted. That decade-long friendship. (laughs) No, she's on holiday, so she's not with us today. But nevertheless, we persist. We do, we do. Today, we are talking about season two, episode 17, Know Thy Enemy. It originally aired on the 7th of April, 2011. It was written by Mike Daniels and directed by Wendy Salinger. It's the first of four episodes she's directed and she's our first female director in a long, long time. Isabel's unexpected return leaves Jenna devastated and the Mystic Falls gang scrambling to find out exactly whose side she's on. Bonnie connects with her ancestors to harness a new power to finally be able to take down Klaus once and for all. Um, I enjoyed, it's one of those, I don't know, was was the last one a break? Yeah. Yeah. I feel they've done this a few times at season breaks where they they start the new episode exactly where the other one left off Um, and I do enjoy it when they do that actually me too I like we open exactly how the last episode end is Isabel is back she's at the door and she's immediately ruining Elena's life where she tells Jenna is she tells Elena it's good to see you again she knows what she's doing too (laughs) I don't We'll come on to her motivations or where she actually lies in this episode. But why is she fucking over Elena? Yeah, there's there's literally no point. No point. Because she says later that she is visit she paid Jenna a visit because she was jealous of her and Rick's relationship. But why is she throwing Elena mm-hmm. under the bus? For the shits and giggles? Yeah, I guess. I feel like her just as a character, her motivations, everything about her character, her acting. I'm so sorry, but (laughs) poor Isabel. Not one for the books. (laughs) No. Look, the character's done with. Thank God. I'm not going to miss her. (laughs) Really? No. I think because this episode does follow like a formula that they've had before, which is a vampire sweeps into town and causes havoc. And it's not that it's not fun. Because she does do some fun shenanigans, but it's kind of a worse version of things we've seen before. Yeah, I would completely agree. I think it's a used storyline. They could they could do again. It's she's done, it, do before. It. Huh? she's, done, she's it done it before. Huh? She's done it before. Yeah, she's done it before. Yeah, I don't think her... I think she was almost used more to just get to the end of the episode in some ways. It felt like yeah, she didn't do much. I will say Jenna looked absolutely devastated in the scene at the beginning when she realized like rick rick's wife is not dead and not only has he been lying to her but elena's been lying to her and not that she cares but john's been lying to her yeah i mean it must feel awful and overwhelming to know that kind of your whole family are kind of aware of something that you're a huge secret that you're not and you're the one meant to be i think also it kind of undermines her too as her position of kind of responsibility because she's the one out the loop Mm mm-hmm yeah, and she's been, for the past like year and a bit, she's like dedicated her life to looking after Elena and Jeremy, and it's all kind of a lie. Yeah. I also feel 
they didn't really try that hard to tell her about vampires. Not at all. (laughs) Like, Alaric comes around and he's straight away a a mess. And instead of just screaming like, vampires are, are real, or inviting one of their many supernatural friends to like, do something crazy so she would stop for a moment, they kind of just let her go. And I don't know the purpose of this. Like, I feel like... <laughs> it's okay. But she can't deal with it. I, this is the thing. Like, I feel like we're finally, we're breaking through with Jenna, maybe giving her something interesting to do. And she just kind of leaves the episode. Yeah. And it could have been a really sort of character building episode for Jenna rather than Isabel's yeah. farce. Yeah. Um, like, she goes to work on her thesis. Do we know what her thesis is on? She's always working on her thesis. No clue. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna guess at something in the sort of philosophy realm, but I've got no she idea. Reckon. I thought it might be history because she does lots of stuff. Oh with yeah, it the... could be history. Oh yeah, history. Historical mm. society. So maybe it's a thesis on Mystic Falls. Oh god. Because <laughs> I don't Again. think there's anything else that they can write. And there's another historical society event today. Oh, god, I know, I know. I mean, go Carol, but sheesh. I I don't right. We're not really there yet, but I don't understand the purpose of the historical society. I think it's just to commemorate Mystic Falls all the damn time. <laughs> That's what all the other societies do. But they just they just need another one, Catherine. <laughs> they need another fancy event. They need an like, event for Carol to organise. Mm-hmm. Sorry, at the start when um, Jenna's leaving, I just want to clearly point out that John was listening to the entire conversation and waiting for his moment to make his entrance. <laughs> I hate John, but I do kind of support this. <laughs> he also is just a complete, like, wind-up. Yeah. What he says to Alaric after, he's like, if any had been more honest from the beginning... Mm-hmm. And I don't want to support Alaric, but I did like getting seeing John get punched in the face. Me too. It Me was too. cathartic. Yeah. Because he's a shit. He's awful. <laughs> He's awful. I guess he gets a bit of comeuppance at the end of the episode, but we will. Yeah. Yeah, because right after he gets punched in the face, because Isabel doesn't get invited to the the house. She cannot enter the house until John immediately invites her in. (laughs) He is such a blind spot when it comes to her. Yeah. And also, there was no need. They could have this conversation. It's not like, oh, she had to be invited in to have this conversation. They could have had it at the grill. They could have gone... They do everything at the grill. It's not like they're trying to be subtle. They're never subtle. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, because it's almost they like... They have it at the Salvatore's house. Anyone can go in there. Exactly. Yeah, it's almost like they're um, trying to... He's trying to show trust in Isabel. But I don't think they need to show they trust her. No. Last time she was in town, she like threatened the entire town. Yeah. She's awful. I also feel like, once again, and I know I said this earlier already, so I am a, what's it called? Broken broken clock? Broken record. Broken, broken, broken record. record. A broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> well, I'm right twice a day. <laughs> I was wrong this time, but... <laughs> Both a broken record um... and a broken clock. <laughs> but, like, they already use her, literally within five minutes, to be like, there's rumour of the doppelganger. Klaus is up to this, that, and the other. And it's just... Yeah. This, this gets onto like, and I guess we never quite know where her loyalties lie, but she says to John and to Stefan and Elena that she's actually been finding Klaus to protect Elena and she's found, and even though she hasn't found him, she's found that there are rumours of a doppelganger out there. And how? Who? Yeah. I really don't understand where these rumours, because everyone's 
dead that's met Elena, right? Wherever <laughs> she goes. But well, it's kind of accurate. No, but who could it be? Catherine? But Catherine doesn't want to do it, does she? Catherine wouldn't be spreading it around. Ra- no. Catherine... She'd want to have the leverage herself. She wouldn't want anyone else to know. And she was using Isabel to contact Klaus. So her rumour would be spread through Isabel. Maybe like, I don't think Elijah will have told anyone. No. Or the Martins. That's what I can't work out. It's previously been like a very well-kept secret because everyone dies. I don't know. It just feels like a kind of slightly useless plot point. Well, one thing, they they really clearly retconned um, why John and Isabel wanted to kill all the tomb vampires. Because previously, John wanted to kill them because he hates vampires and Isabel wanted to kill them because Catherine wanted them dead. And now it's like they did it to protect Elena. And I'm not mad about that. No. I think it makes, I don't know. It I'm, makes more sense than the other reasons. Yeah, like I think it makes sense. Definitely from John's side. Because he does also hate vampires. Yeah, and he always knew, he, they, he always knew Elena was a doppelganger. That was never a surprise to him. No? No. Because remember at the end of season one, when Catherine cut off his fingers, he was like, Catherine. No, it wasn't a surprise to him then, but I don't know when or how we found... Oh, through Isabel. I think he always knew. So that would make sense to me, that particularly from him, like, Isabel, we don't really know what she's up to, but particularly from him, that he was always thinking, I need to make sure no, like, supernatural things ever happen in Mystic Falls, maybe? I don't know. Why else would, would he... I think it makes sense. <laughs> Let's go with it. I think if we think any deeper, it'll start not making sense again. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense as much as anything in this show ever does. Yeah. And that's when Isabel reveals that she has a safe house for Elena that's deed in her that's got the deed in her name. Yeah. And I want to be very clear. This 17-year-old, that'll be the third property that she owns. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> and by the end, end of the episode, it's numero four. I know. Cranky. Elena Gilbert, landlord extraordinaire. Yeah. She is ruining she the economy. it in. She's ruining the economy. <laughs> she is why we can't afford to buy houses. Because <laughs> she's holding Owning them all. All of them. <laughs> She's an heiress. Do we ever see the safe house that Isabel got for Elena? And does she ever sign the deed? No, I don't think so. But also, was it real? That's another good question. Probably not. No. Actually, maybe because maybe John checked it out. Yeah. So it could be real. I don't know. Let's stop thinking here again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is the thing with Isabel. She She says she's on their side, but then there is a scene between... Catherine and Isabel. It looks like Isabel's on Catherine's side. Yeah, because straight away they hug. Yeah, they're very friendly, and it's it's interesting. I mean, obviously, I know it kind of culminates at the end of the episode when we find out that she's actually been compelled to be on neither of their sides. Um, but it is interesting. I think it is a kind of question mark over her. I think one thing that they don't maybe quite do well enough is ever make you believe that she's looking out for Elena. Because no. I feel, I feel like. It could be quite an interesting dynamic for the audience to be like, oh gosh, which side is she on? Who's she double crossing? But I feel like we're never like, oh no, she's double crossed Elena because, well, duh. Yeah, because as soon as you see her with Catherine, you're like, oh, obviously, she's on Catherine's side. And Catherine was actually, because at the start of the episode, Catherine's like, it makes, I'm reconsidering my alliances like it's a fucking game of Survivor. (laughs) I support that from Catherine. Catherine would do great on Savannah. Yeah, she'd be brilliant. She kind of implies that 
she would work with the Salvators if they'd given her more information. Because from her point of view, she doesn't know Bonnie has powers. She doesn't know they have a way to kill Klaus. So even though, yes, what she really wants is Klaus dead, she doesn't think she can achieve that with them. So she's going to jump ship. But do you think she would actually work with them? I think she would until... I think she would whilst it suited her. But But if if they told her Bonnie had her powers yeah do you think Catherine would keep working with them i think she sees them as a liability so i think what she would do is well i mean yeah (laughs) she's not wrong (laughs) i think she'd work with them until the point where she could cast them aside and do it herself so i think she'd kind of reap them for what they've got play along and then what do you think because Isabel reveals that she's actually she's not actually been off to help Elena. She's been off on Catherine's orders and that she's been brokering a deal for Catherine for her life, basically, to forgive for Klaus to forgive her. What do you think is a more appealing deal for Catherine? Working with the Salvators to kill Klaus or having her slate wiped clean through Isabel? Like what would she have done? If she was presented it's a with both options, tricky question because I feel like she's such a such a wily woman, but I don't think I think she hates being on the run, and I think what mm. she really wants is to not be on the run. And I don't know how much she'd trust a broker deal with Klaus or not, but whether that's something she'd I give think, a go. I think she was not. To, I actually think she was really crazy to trust it in the actual episode. Yeah, because the whole time she's been saying like Klaus won't forgive, Klaus won't forget. I've been running for five hundred years. And yeah, she's been, she set them up perfectly with everything that they needed. But I just don't know why she would gamble her life, which is the most important thing to her, on a deal that she didn't even, that apparently wasn't even brokered with Klaus, like someone who knows someone. Yeah, yeah. So I think stick with Salvatore's until, and then ditch the Salvatore's. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because they're so dumb. But they have got the, I think they're so dumb, they've got the pieces in place. I think Catherine could have then carried Mm. out the plan yeah you are right actually yeah they had yeah she could have fucking helped them do something smart for once yeah because she did do well with the martins i mean not happy about it because i liked the martins yeah but her plan worked yeah because she's clever unlike (laughs) the aforementioned (laughs) boys i just want to say i'm obsessed with the fact that uh isabel brought them uh blood in a wine bottle I've got that down. So it was like they're having a nice little glass of red, a little it's, Merlot, a little. <laughs> it's high camp. Yeah. And it wasn't it like a wine merchant? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, it's a, wine, a French wine merchant. <laughs> Ooh la la. God. But yeah, they. Isabel says for this deal to happen, Catherine needs to find the moonstone. Yeah. And she also, she's just. Sorry, my rant about Isabel will be over soon. She's such a cliche. Just all the line, and this isn't her fault. This is a line she's been given. Well, it's her. Well, she's a fictional character. Nothing is technically her fault. Do you mean the actress's fault? I guess a lot of this isn't the actress's fault because yeah. the whole character's awful. Yeah, the actress just doesn't help. Yeah, it's but the lines Isabel gets. Like he thinks I'm helping Elena. It's just I don't know. I just found everything she said just so cliche. Like a line that like had to be said. Just I don't know. Just, yeah. I also think I don't know why Catherine would be friends with this woman. I agree. Like she's like the people Catherine we've seen Catherine. Yes, she's betrayed them, but people be genuine friends with are people like Pearl, uh, people like Lucy, yeah. like interesting, dynamic women. 
Catherine Pierce a girl's girl? <laughs> I think not. <laughs> um, but Isabel is just so flat. So flat. Like, yeah, okay, the blood in the wine bottle was fun, but what are they actually, how, how are they, have, what are they actually doing in an evening together? Mm-mm-mm. Can we talk about Catherine looking for the moonstone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's. Because I think we're approaching the dumbest thing this show's ever done. <laughs> just one side note. I did love she found cash in Damon's drawer and just put it in her bra. Iconic. Icon. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> you never know when you might need a cheeky hundred oh, pounds. So good. But yeah. Damon, we can reference previously in an episode when Little Moonstone Bar of Soap. And guess what? It was a little moonstone bar of soap. But, but no, I'm sorry. He puts the moonstone in a bowl of decorative soaps. And like, there's a few things to this. Where I want to start with is who the fuck has a bowl of decorative soaps on, on the side? <laughs> who does that? Because it's implied that he's like, oh, hiding it in plain sight in somewhere no one will think to look. But it it's such a weird thing that someone has in their home that it draws your eye. Yeah. It's not like something we all have, a sofa. <laughs> it's a bowl it's a, of decorative yeah. soap. Well, maybe in their world, of four houses and... <laughs> and, like, logistically, it's, it's actually not even decorative soaps because Catherine uses a soap from the bowl. What if she'd used the moonstone? That would have been friggin' <laughs> obvious. But also, like, if you're... He doesn't keep one soap on the side. She has to take her wet hands and get them all over all the soaps. So it's not functional as well. It's it's Yeah, it's a terrible design. Andy hides the moonstone in plain sight. Do you think when they, the the um, props people were like, here's the moonstone we've made. And someone went, oh, it looks like a bar of soap. Definitely. And that, they, that joke has been used so much that definitely. And they wrote it into the episode. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> Do you know what's crazy, actually? is vampires can't enter homes where people live. It could just be in Bonnie's house and it would be safe. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God. God, they're so dumb. They're so dumb. But like, do you think Damon checked that with anyone where he was keeping the soap? Because it's all Damon. No, I absolutely do not. Then why did no one ask any follow-up questions? Because they're all dumb. <laughs> all dumb. They're stupid children. <laughs> It kind of takes my breath away how stupid that moment was. I just feel like it's been one of many, though. Some of their plans, and you're just like, why? Um, and then before we get to the end of that episode... Going- the end? <laughs> Bye, we're done now. <laughs> no- <laughs> Sorry, following that through, it was yeah. Isabel kidnaps. Well, gets Rick kidnapped. Yeah, so... Her and Rick have a conversation where she apologises to him. Yeah. And I think we're meant to feel bad for her. I don't. But she's just doing it to clear her conscience and she tells him, I compelled you to move on from it. Like It's like fundamentally selfish. Yeah, it's not... I feel like saying that doesn't help Rick in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's meant to be one of the, like, the last things she does with her free will is like apologise to Rick, but... It's not a good apology. It's not a good apology. And like he's finally moving on with his life. Just leave him the fuck alone. Yeah. But I feel like if she was going to apologise, it's just, I'm sorry for everything I've done. Like, but it also, it's so disingenuous because it's 
what she's about to do. Yeah. Like, why does she kidnap Rick? Oh, she's been compelled to do so. No, but sorry, so for the Rick end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, no, I, I was like, actually, why was that needed for the episode? That's why I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see, I see what you're doing now. I wasn't quite saying it. I've had enough of you, and yeah, can we please end this now? No, <laughs> no, no, no. That's um... very fair. <laughs> yes, yeah, so her shenanigans takes us to the historical society event that yeah. Elena is attending, and I am confused why elena thinks it's important for her to attend at this exact moment her priorities <laughs> honestly and what's crazy as well is so at the end of the last episode we realized that basically matt had found out about caroline because she saved him um after he got his a glass bottle in the neck yikes yeah. um he got shanked he got sh- yeah <laughs> <laughs> but so basically matt's on the loose and caroline's desperately been trying to find him and at the historical event, she asked for Elena's help. And he, she goes, oh, yeah, I just have to collect this first. Like, not only is collecting the other thing from the historical society important to Elena, it's more important than her one of her closest friends being found out. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Like, I know Jenna asked her to do it, but there are so many other things going on. Matt is missing running around knowing about vampires. Isabel is up to some kind of shenanigans. Catherine is up to shenanigans. Why is she taking time out of her day to get ready for an event and then go to it? It's just nuts. I will say, just on the Caroline and Matt, enjoyed the little bit of product placement when Caroline <laughs> was calling Matt in the car. I know. it was. It, I didn't even see what the car was. It was some Ford car. And she just said to the car, call Matt. Yep. Yep. And it was just one of the least subtle bits of product placement I've seen, I think. Yeah. Well... I don't know, the one recently, I can't remember what it was. Mm, no, they had like, I feel they've had weirder ones in this show, but that was a good one. They had, no, they had one, remember when um, it's Caroline again in a car, uh-huh. when she was driving on the double date with Elena and she was like, play this song. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Well, like, yeah. Yeah. Her car does a lot of things. I would love to know if that's like a different car. It must be. Ooh, competition. So Caroline has had like two cars in two years. <laughs> a little princess yeah. um, at the historical society there was also a, a tiny little really sad moment where uh, Caroline asked Carol you know if she's seen Matt and Carol just goes like no but if you see him ask him if he's heard from Tyler poor Carol I know it is yeah it's kind of it's kind of heartbreaking that she's just like getting on like having to get on with her day like still do all her sh- like high society shenanigans but really like her husband's just died her son is missing. her son is missing and she is all alone granted in a mansion but she's still all alone yeah and at this um what's what i'm looking for event isabel and Catherine's <laughs> plan starts kicking off and isabel attacks john who could have seen this coming <laughs> you know what fair play <laughs> My vampire girlfriend who betrays everyone, betraying me? Never. (laughs) Yeah, and John gets thrown down the stairs. Um, And Catherine arrives in her little Elena outfit, Mm. a little switcheroo. Um, Actually, I wanted to say this. I guess he has been training because they all rush over to John's body, like the whole party. First of all, Liz is like the last person there. <laughs> she is the sheriff. Surely she should be a bit more on it. But you know what? 
fine. But Stefan is like, remember season one, he could barely stand like anyone getting a paper cut around him. And this one, he's like, oh, he's covered in blood and fine. He's just fine with it now. He's over that. <laughs> Been there, done that. I Yeah, well, this is like this is like Damien and the Crows. It's the plot points they want to bring in yes. when it suits them. I, I think in particular, like, Stefan's control for human blood goes up and down and up and down. <laughs> At least the crows are just ditched. Yeah. R.I.P. the crow. I miss the crow. Yeah. And I assume it isn't meant to. I assume he's always a blood addict, basically. Or is it meant to be that he kind of regains control? But I don't know. It's very confusing because they often kind of... Uh, say that like blood is like a drug addiction for him but then they also say like if he takes a little bit of elena's blood every day he can build up a tolerance not what we recommend (laughs) well i'm just saying if you're a heroin addict i don't think you should take a little bit of heroin every day to up your heroin tolerance (laughs) so i think the metaphor often falls apart and is ignored when needed yeah, they do the Catherine Elena switcheroo again and again. Stefan immediately works out that it's Catherine. He's gotten better. He's he's always pretty good. I think yeah. he's rarely fooled, unlike Damon. No. What do you think that's trying to imply that Stefan always knows, but Damon is always like confused? It could be that Stefan knows Elena better, mm-hmm. which definitely at this point is true. Yeah. It could be that Damon isn't as clever as he thinks he is. <laughs> Um, which is true (laughs) or that he just has a blind spot for Catherine more than Stefan does which I think is potentially true as well he just doesn't yeah he could know if he tried harder kind of thing Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's I feel like it should be a plot device to show that yes even though Damon has feelings for Elena her and Stefan belong together because he's never confused about which one's which because he knows, as you said, he knows Elena so well. But then this comes back to, at this point in the show, who do the writers want us to want Elena with at the end? Like, who do they think should be endgame? Do you think the writers had an idea at this point? Because I feel like this is quite ambiguous territory. Um, And I, oh, this might be wrong. I remember reading once, ages ago, that their vision, and I don't know how far through the series this vision went was that um neither of them were going to end up with elena and they were both going to be dead watching oh. elena from the other side interesting i have no idea maybe that happens who knows <laughs> um so, so so it is based on books and i i don't know i think in the books it's stefan and elena and i think that's who end up together but i'm not sure but I do think because it's it's a there's two showrunners there's Kevin Williamson and Julie Plack and I think because I've watched uh, I like I watched the, the the retrospective season two um with both of them and and I think Kevin Williamson Kevin Williamson was really if he wrote it it, it would be Stefan and Elena because he talks about like they're the foundation of the show their relationship is the most important thing it's that that we always come back to um whereas I think Julie Plack um who then goes on to be the sole showrunner is more in the Damon camp and when and I think so at this point 
I think that's why the show's a bit ambiguous is because there's two people with like different ideals of who is right. I mean, in some ways, that kind of makes it, it leads for some inconsistencies, but it also makes it quite interesting because I think, and, and they probably do this in a bit too much of a stark way of kind of build a character up, shot, mm-hmm. shoot him down. But I do think it actually is then, you know, it's difficult. I think the aud- like the audience, I think, yeah. probably have very different opinions, like, yeah, and I think it's good that the show's open to like being the changing it as the characters develop. I maybe don't agree with like exactly how they develop them, but like, uh, did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, How I Met Your Mother is like hated as the finale because they decided on the ending in season two, and then the show went on for like six more seasons, and they got like. Barney and Robin together to break them up in the final episode so Ted could get with her because that's the show that they had envisioned at the start but then the characters had developed the characters had moved on the audience had moved on so then when they did that everyone like really fucking hated it yeah I think there's a balance like I think it's good to have an ending in mind but when you're writing eight eight seasons of a television show with 20 episodes per season <laughs> things change. Gonna change yeah who knows like who knows exactly you never know maybe the ending i said will happen will happen yeah also i might have made it up so please if anyone wants to fact check me <laughs> please do because that has come that's come to me um but i don't know where from so once it's said on the podcast it's true forever yeah yeah this is this is law now <laughs> this, written it into law this is canon <laughs> Um, where are we so we're talking about john being dead i think oh but well, carol said he just had a bad fall <laughs> he was bleeding <laughs> what i do enjoy is damon just walking over and just being like yeah he's gonna be fine he'll be fine does this not give him away in any like why does he know this this is what i don't understand like damon tells carol and liz about the ring the gilbert ring that he knows all about do they not question why damon knows this and hasn't told them and the answer is because he's killed a bunch of people who then sprung up from the dead, John being the first victim. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Is it not suspicious? I'd be suspicious. I get that they're best friends with Damon, BFFs, but I would have some follow-up questions. If you came to me and said, oh yeah, there's this magic ring that does this, I would still be like, Catherine, I, even if I believed in the, you know, supernatural, I'd still be like, tell me more. How do you know? <laughs> tell what does me it do? More. I love that you wouldn't call me a liar. Well. (laughs) When did these delusions begin? (laughs) Not lying to me, Catherine. You're lying to yourself. Um, And then we have our, and, and you know, it's revealed that Isabel has actually been compelled and she apologizes to Catherine. And it's revealed she did meet, she did meet Klaus because she's been compelled. So she must have met an original vampire. Prior to Isabel being compelled, whose side was she on? A very good question. Whose do you think? Oh, God, it's tough. I think she would have tried to help Elena, but not if it inconvenienced her. So I don't think she was actively out to get Elena, minus the fact that she threw her under the bus at the beginning of the episode. But I don't think... I think she cared... I think Isabel was on Isabel's side, and I don't know where that puts her. It's so hard, because maybe the... Maybe, I don't know. I think we're kind of implied that th- there's been two times where she definitely wasn't lying. And one was when she was on the phone to John and she's like, she's our daughter, we have to protect her. 
But I guess she could have been lying to John then. Yeah. And the other time was with Alaric when she was like, I did love you and I regret becoming a vampire because she had no reason to lie then. I think it's I think it's tricky though because I think she did love him and she regrets becoming a vampire, but she doesn't love it. Like, I think she wants... I think it might be the same for Elena. She wants to love Elena, but she doesn't. She yeah. remembers that she did. So I don't think she'd try to hurt her, but I also don't think she actually cares that much right now, mm. but she remembers that she did care. So you think she went to go look for class for Catherine? Yes, but I don't think... I think... Catherine's plan was for Elena to die. Maybe not. I don't know. What do you think? I think maybe... I think maybe she was trying to get it so Elena and Catherine were both safe because that could happen. Maybe like if if you kill Klaus, which it seems like John was working to because he got the dagger to kill an original, which Isabel helped him get. So yeah. if Klaus is dead, then Catherine's fine and Elena's safe. Yeah, that's a good point. So she could be helping both of them theoretically without telling the others. But yeah, while playing both sides because they won't work together because, you know, of the decade-long relationship that she's had with other people. I don't know. I guess I kind of like that the show doesn't really answer it, but the character's so flat and boring, it just kind of frustrates me. (laughs) Yeah. I like it in concept. It would have worked with a more interesting character. Yeah. Alas. Um, But yeah, so Catherine is turns up at Isabel's and then gets kidnapped herself. Um, And then Isabel is taking Elena in the car and turns up at a graveyard. Yeah. So she is it a nice scene with Elena? No, it's disturbing. She takes takes her daughter to her own grave that apparently she keeps track of. And I also feel like she talks about her parents, like, oh, they come here every week. But I think the tone she says it in... It's like, yeah, they come here every week. Yeah. They come here every week. They were there some flowers. Whatever. Uh. I feel really bad for these people. Yeah. And it feels like, I don't know, Rick's not in contact with them. It feels like Rick should have introduced them to Elena, no? Oh, yeah. These are your grandparents. She has. She only has, like, Jeremy and John as family. Yeah. Why doesn't she want to meet her grandparents? Oh, and she's got Jenna, obviously. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? Yeah. So someone who's so attracted to family, why is she no interest in Isabel's parents? That was crazy, actually. Mm-hmm. Good point. Um, and then Isabel is on the phone to Klaus. She says she's finished, she's done. She can let Elena go. So she seems she does seem incredibly relieved that she doesn't have to kill Elena or like her Elena, which I think maybe she was worried about. Definitely. And then she takes off her daylight necklace and bursts into flames. This is twice in two episodes someone has burned to death. Who burned to death last week? Who do you think burned to death last week? <laughs> think about a song. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, sorry, my brain. Twice yeah. in two weeks. Yeah, that is awful. They've also used the same plot point again because um, there was a while ago. Oh, no, wh- but it's like Isabel compelled someone to kill themselves as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's been got by that guy that got hit by a car. Yeah. Oh, so she's been killed by... The same method. ...that she used to, like, kill other people. Ooh, yeah. that's fun. <laughs> that's, that's vindictive of... Yeah, Klaus. Uh, Klaus. We, we can say we assume Klaus at this point, right? Well, We, we know. know it's Klaus. We know it's Klaus. Because it's his plan, because he's captured Catherine and Rick. And he... And yeah, and yeah, someone has to be compelling Isabel, so it has to be an original. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> that's fun. Mirror it. <laughs> nice little mirror there. Um, 
yeah, that kind of ends where Elena's up to this episode. Uh, I guess the only other thing that happens is she has a little bit of a, I think heart to heart is pushing it. Oh, with John. John. You know what? I I actually really liked that scene. Did yeah. you? No, I thought it was good. And I thought Elena was nice and measured. Like, I don't think she's often, me- like, it didn't feel like she was for, like. She was deliberately unemotional. Yeah. And she's normally a very emotional character. Exactly. Yeah. And I also thought the actor that played John was fantastic in that. Yeah. I thought he was really good. He seemed like, I don't know, like the the like the weight of the world was on his shoulders. Like he he really loved Isabel and he talks about when Elena was born and how he saw how much she loved her daughter and I don't know, and, and he like a apologizes and seems like like don't get me wrong he's still an absolute asshole but he seemed genuinely like it feels like his world's like fallen apart a bit and he's like oh yikes maybe i'm not yeah like yeah he, he thinks he'd been working with isabel maybe for years who knows <laughs> undetermined but yeah that's completely gone now um no I, I actually really liked that scene at the end let's talk about bonnie and then we'll do the very final scene because <laughs> we still we Unless there's anything you want to say um, not about that. Matt and Caroline. Oh, Just God. Just because yeah. we started them, I feel like. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I mean, I don't. Oh, I never loved Matt and Caroline. Should but... be fair, for the first time this season, Matt is involved in the plot? Yeah. The... Oh, I guess he was kind of involved when Caroline turned into a vampire. This was a lot more so. Though. Yeah. I think he's actively, like, you know, starting to find stuff out. Um, mm-hmm. I did think it was quite good. Like, when he found out, I thought and I know we mentioned this before, but I think bringing B- Vicky back into context was really good. Like, they actually have a reason for him to suddenly be like, oh God, this is awful. Not just the reaction of Elena, who was like, scared, but Matt, who's gone, they might have killed yeah. my family. And they in, in, in it, they kind of compare Matt finding out to Elena, but it's not the same because Elena found out that Stefan was lying to her. Matt's finding out that every single person he knew has lied to him, has covered up his sister's death for months now. And the world that he knew it is gone. And he ha- and also he has no one. He has no one. He has uh, yeah. no one left. And I really, I don't like Matt, but he does have no one. It is, I do feel bad for him in this. Mm-hmm. And apparently Caroline goes through everything that has happened. <laughs> the money I would pay to watch Caroline's here's what you've missed on the vampire diet <laughs> that she gives Matt. Like, how does she summarise all the shit that's gone down? I bet she did it really... You know, and I, I can imagine Caroline being like, so this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Matt being like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Take my memories away. <laughs> I just don't get it, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, then he has to take his memories away, but he's secretly on the vein. Yes, because... Yeah, because he talks to caroline's man liz um and then not only does he know now about Car- about caroline so does liz and they both know uh, two they both know about vampires and they both know about caroline specifically it's good it's good mm-hmm. i do think that also sets up a really interesting extra plot point for mm-hmm. coming episodes and th- there's a bit where um liz talks about caroline she's like she died like she's learned that her daughter has died and because she thinks vampires aren't are evil she's gone from liz's point of view so I, I, great I, again i really liked that scene in the car as well yeah it was emotional mm-hmm. but while everyone else has been fucking up bonnie bennett's been getting shit done 
Like she always does. <laughs> she always does. Um, because where we left her at the last episode was Dr. Martin told her how to kill Klaus. So they go to the Martin's house um, to find like a certain spell book. So they get the spell book, Bonnie finds the one and they then... Jeremy's very annoying while she's looking. He's like, oh my God, do we have to read every single book? It's fucking magic, mate. Why are you like this? <laughs> The whole episode is just a bit whiny. He's like, so annoying. They have to go and find... So Damon knows where this massacre of the witches took place, which is where Bonnie knows she needs to go to harness their power. It's a bit um, overly complicated, but okay. Um, and then they're in the house. A creepy magic house, which I think is very fun. Yeah, it's like a little haunted house. It plays tricks yeah. on Damon. It hates Damon. <laughs> and Jeremy's just in the corner being like, I guess this is the right place. This would be a, a really fun little subplot if it wasn't for Jeremy. Like, if it was just Damon and Bonnie doing it, like, God's sake, free us, please. I agree. Um, and then, like, again, Jeremy, Bonnie's, like, in the house trying to, like, harness and feel the power of the witches. And Jeremy's just there, like, what are they saying? I what know. They... Shut up. It would be such a cool scene, but his dumb little face just keeps appearing in the corner. Like, she's, like, screaming, crying. There's all kind of shit happening around her. And he's like, what's going on? It would have felt like a really powerful scene as well. And it does a little bit still. Bonnie can't be ousted by Jeremy. But dear God, he takes away. So much of it, yeah. So much of it. I did like um, when, like, finally she was like, I did it. Like, that was a good moment. Even though he was there. (laughs) But yeah, I thought I also thought um, Kurt Graham in that scene, like the acting of kind of the pain and trying to do that when there's not anything physical to get, like there's nothing that it's just you yourself and. What you. do you mean? She has the talent of Steve McQueen to play off. <laughs> <laughs> How is that? I mean, I... <laughs> not enough. <laughs> not only did she have to do it all by herself, she had a detract <laughs> a, a nuisance in the corner. Would be um... nasty. Does Ellie Rayner say? <laughs> <laughs> He's particularly annoying this episode. What surprised me? I feel like surely you would rain us in, but you're being harsh. Well, what can I say? <laughs> we need Ellie back. Yeah. But she did a brilliant job acting that scene. And I also don't think, I don't think Steve, I don't necessarily actually even think Steve McQueen's done a terrible job here. I think Jeremy is just, he's the annoying kid and he is being the annoying kid in a very full-on way maybe there is something to say that often the characters we find the most annoying are also the most poorly written but i would say other characters no i would i would say oftentimes characters are poorly written like bonnie's motivations have been up all over the place but i never think her acting's bad I think it's probably a combination of both. I think these lines have been stupid this episode. Yes, definitely. Like, oh, I, yeah, I, did, I didn't like the script this episode. <laughs> it like, was clunky. Especially lines for Isabel and Jeremy. Yeah. Like. Oh, God, it was exposition after exposition. Like, like even when Jeremy finds out that uh, actually if Bonnie uses this much power to kill Klaus, she will die. He says it in like a really like, you'll die if you do this. I do feel it's like a natural continuation because we've decided Bonnie is an important character again, thank God. Um, But it's a natural continuation for where she was. If you remember at the end of season one, where she's like, I know why I have these powers. I know what I'm here to do. For her then to be like, it's not about 
protecting Elena, why I want to take Klaus down. Yes, that's a part of it, but it is my job and my responsibility to stop Klaus. I also thought what was quite interesting was when um, when she had the power and kind of Jeremy was asking her, like, how much power does she have? And she very much mirrored what happened when Lucas was, when she was channeling with Luca. 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 Yeah. yeah. I said Lucas the first It's Jonas time. and Luca. Jonas and Luca. Um, and... Yeah, I thought it was really interesting kind of her bringing that back and being like kind of doing what she did when channeling with Luca and doing it in a sort of far more powerful way. Mm-mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love Bunny. She's honestly one of my favourites. I think she's grown up as a character a lot as well because I feel like there are a few things and I, I like this about the whole character development but I feel like in season one in particular she kind of took things... Personally. Very... Well, but, I mean... You know, something that didn't were personal, but I think the way she handled things was less, maybe less mature than now. I think she's matured both in her powers, but also in her like attitude and the way. You know, like she wouldn't talk to Caroline when she became a vampire, that sort of thing. I mean, I guess that was this season, but I even think since then she's kind of yeah grown into herself. I agree. Yeah, and no, no, I, I, I agree completely. And I think the hard thing is like particularly with. Caroline, Bonnie, and Elena are three female leads. Two of them have more to develop than the other one, so you automatically like the other two more. Like they get more interesting things to do. Whereas, like, so much of Elena's stuff is about her relationships. I like a lot of Caroline's is too, but I don't know. I don't feel, I feel like they get not more to do, but more interesting stuff to do. Yeah. I think there's also a lot of kind of like character. I think. Obviously, Elena's had emotional ups and downs, but I don't think they've tried to be like, give her a big arc in terms of her motivations, her actual character in her life. Like, I think they, they have done in I part. Think she, I think she has one, but I would say from season one till the end of season three, so we can't go into it. I would say she has a very clear arc, but it's a very slow one. Then, you know, things go off the rails. Whereas I think Caroline has an arc season one she's a different arc season two um and, and bonnie moore maybe has one arc but it, but it has it you know it's about learning her powers and it starts with sheila then it's about the then it's about the loss of sheila then it's you know about learning more about herself what her role is so hers has more places to go um and i think elena's is really to do with like survivor's guilt so it's it's not as interesting it's hard mm-hmm. um i guess that takes us to our very final reveal, which is Caroline. Caroline, no. <laughs> Catherine wakes up, um, and you're like, "Oh my god, they're finally going to reveal Klaus!" <laughs> All this build-up, finally. And there's Rick sitting in a chair. Yeah, but wait, it's not Rick. It's Klaus. They are dragging out the reveal. They really are. And I just. I love that they've dragged out the reveal, but this one I always feel like, what's he going to appear like that's going to be so mind-blowing after all this? Like, Yeah. and, and Well, it's because they hadn't cast the actor yet. Yeah. I, that's what happened. They had to delay. They, knew they couldn't find the right person. Interesting. So they had to delay you know the casting. I thought that watch. I was like, have they not got a Klaus They haven't. Yet? They hadn't got Klaus. That makes sense. That makes a lot more sense. So the original plan was for Klaus to be introduced episodes ago. 
um, they couldn't cast Klaus, so that that's why they beefed up Elijah's role. Um, thank God they did that. Thank, thankfully, they beefed up Elijah's role, and we as a world were blessed. So that worked really well. It's then this not even getting to see Klaus this time. And it's not that it's not fun having an episode where Klaus is in Rick's body because it is. But it, come on now, stop teasing me. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. I feel like there's you know with Klaus and Rick's body there's potential yeah, for shenanigans hijinks <laughs> yeah but I agree I'd rather I think see Klaus. if they'd done this maybe an episode or two like it just because it's so so drawn, so drawn out. out so drawn out and like um if you compare it do you remember season one where we thought we were going to finally see Catherine again in the tomb and then that was taken away from us that still worked and we we talked about this at the time that still worked because the reveal of Catherine not being there was a very interesting reveal. And the idea that she's actually been out, you know, living her life and not contacting Damon for 120 years, that's that was like, whoa, that was shocking. So you didn't feel as let down. I'm a bit let down seeing seeing Rick and not seeing Klaus bring him. I also just feel like Rick is just such a I know I know Klaus is in his body, but he's just not cool. <laughs> He's not like a cool, yeah, he's not a cool villain character. Like, yeah. you know, he's just not a very good villain. I agree, I agree. So you're like, oh, this is Klaus. And I know it's not, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Who's, who would you want to see him in? Oh, that's a good question. Carol. Carol. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually the best thing you've ever said. <laughs> Carol. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, we can't do <laughs> I would honestly love that. I told you. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um. Any last thoughts before we? It wasn't my favorite episode. It had some good things in it, but I feel like it's setting us up quite well, especially with you know Liz. With Klaus having arrived, even if it's in a different form. So, you know. We're ramping up to the season end. Yeah. That's how I feel, is we're properly going at it now. And that's exciting. So, let's move on to stats where we keep track of all the kills, all the resurrections, and all the relationships. So, today, what are we adding? Uh, so, we've got a kill for Isabel. She yeah. kills John. Yeah. And a back to life for John. Yeah. Question mark here. Oh, I thought, Ka why have I written Catherine killed John? It wasn't Catherine. It no, was definitely Isabel. Isabel. Yeah, I don't know why I've written that. Sorry, go on. Sure it was Isabel. No, I, th I, no, I think you're okay. right. Because Catherine was when, Elena. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Why are we confusing ourselves? We need an independent. We need a third person yeah, to settle arguments. Do I? We have to go back to the tapes. For God's sake. What are we doing? I, th I, I assume you're right. I don't know why I've confused us here. For God's sake. Bear with us, my love. No, I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm at the party. Isabel's creating an attraction. She attacks John. Elena's giving a speech. Blah, blah, blah. My mum's dead. It's sad. Something nearby. Okay, it's definitely Isabel. Definitely okay, Isabel. Okay. Honestly, no idea why I wrote Catherine down. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. Um, You were saying something before I interrupted you. So you've got the death and back to life for John. And I was going to ask the question mark. Would you say Klaus gets his first kill of Isabel? Well, we've done, we've had this exact situation before. So we've... And we called it Isabel's yeah. kill, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. But that's not Klaus's first kill. Who did he kill? Like all Catherine's family. 
And other Crikey, people, yeah, yeah, he's had multiple kills. This is, we haven't seen Klaus, and this is his sixth kill. Fair play. Well, <laughs> another kill for Klaus. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Klaus is on six now. Isabel is on, where is she? Well, her first one this season. That's because she's not been in this season, to be fair. So, Isabel is on three, so she dies with three kills. Okay. And then John is on... Only on his second resurrection. Can you believe it? <laughs> so wait, does he have Rick? Here's Rick's ring. Yeah. Here's yeah. Rick's ring. Okay. I need to keep track of these fucking rings. Who's the other ring? Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. okay, there were two yeah. Gilbert rings. Because we can't have one magic ring. We have to have several. Multiple, of course. Okay. That's it for this week. We will be back next week. Not with Ellie again. She's still upset at Alex. <laughs> <laughs> they've still had that massive fight i need to play peacekeeper <laughs> um but in the meantime if people want to get in touch with the show how can they do it uh they can contest contact us you've gone real quiet <laughs> i struggled saying the word contact and lost confidence in the whole endeavor <laughs> <laughs> yeah leave me be i'm done um no you can contact us on formerly twitter at miss mystic pod uh, you can it's just you. <laughs> god what a load what a responsibility uh, you can find us on Instagram at missing mystic fools pod uh, or we're now on TikTok did you forget the name of the app <laughs> we need to be cool Catherine I need to try <laughs> and I don't know our handle oh, I can't remember either it's oh gosh I'm starting playing TikToks. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna go with missing. Maybe the same Miss Mystic Pod. That would be sensible, same wouldn't as, it? That... Same as Twitter or Missing Mystic Fools Pod. Same as Instagram. Missing Mystic Pod. It's not the same as any of them. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's poor. I'll change it to Miss Mystic if I can, because that's poor <laughs> branding from me. <laughs> I guess you could also email us if you must at Missing Mystic Fools Pod at gmail we would welcome anyone's thoughts <laughs> on this. send us your thoughts for the, what happens in the rest of season two like you can send us loads of yeah send us loads of emails if so. you there's just so many means of communication to keep track of and i know i'm not the one keeping you, track of any you of do them. none of them <laughs> i'm trying to save your time <laughs> we welcome all your thoughts on episodes we've talked about on upcoming episodes send them in any fun bits of trivia yeah we welcome it all. Yeah, your overviews on season two. We're getting near the end now. So let us know how you feel about it. Uh, if you disagree with anything Alice has said in particular. <laughs> Her bad takes on the show. Um, but we will be back. Episodes are planning to go up every single Wednesday. With a caveat of, you know, difficult time for us right now. Uh, so there will be episodes Wednesday. But follow us on all social medias that we've said if you want to see post reminders for when they do actually come up um and go on to your podcast app of truth and give us five stars and you'd be one of our favorite listeners thank you thank you and with a mildly chaotic end to the episode we will bid you farewell <laughs> farewell <laughs>